Hello, this is Real Estate Insights, the podcast from Savills that takes a look at every aspect of the property world. Today, we're examining two words that have often been in conflict, but really need to go together. Urban and green. People really care about their green spaces now and developments, and, and it helps it helps sell them, actually. You know, people want to know what the open spaces and schemes are like and that it's not just a piece of concrete slab. And we'll be finding out what developers can learn from the man behind this year's Savile's Garden at the Chelsea Flower Show. All these plants can also work for their money. The trees in particular absorb 33% more pollution than, than other trees. I'm Guy Ruddle, and in our Green Fingers studio today is Andrew Duff, the man behind the Savills and David Harbour show garden at the Chelsea Flower Show, which at the time of recording is two weeks away. Hello, Andrew. How are you? Hello, Guy. Are you madly planting? Madly planting today, yes. And you're on site, are you? Yep, we are. In the mud, in the rain. Is it very stressful this time, this stage? No, it's really, really calm. Uh, The team is really relaxed, and uh, we're going to finish a week early. Are you really? Yeah. Oh, I'm not sure that's a good thing. Well, it's recorded now. <laughs> it, is, it is what it is. Also with us, Emily Williams, who, if you're a regular to the podcast, you will know is a Savills Research Analyst in the Planning and Land Database area. She was here for the Planning and Housing Delivery podcast just a week ago, and she enjoyed it so much. She's back. Hello, Emily. Nice to see you again. Hi, Guy. And Nina Coulter is here. She specialises in sales and marketing of new developments in London. There isn't a new development in the in the whole of London that Nina doesn't know absolutely everything about. How are you, Nina? Totally right. Hello, Guy. Good. Right. So, urban and green. Emily, can we just start with you and talk about what's happening in terms of population and how we're moving into urban spaces from the from the greener parts of our land? Absolutely. Um, it's it's a very interesting trend and it's a global trend. Um, but in the UK, we the last year we actually saw any growth in the rural population was back in the year 2000. Um, and instead, all of our population growth is actually coming in urban centres. Um, and it's even quite significant. It's around 0.77% a year, which sounds small, but in terms of population growth, that's, that's quite a large number. Um, and interestingly, it's not just people moving to, um, small towns or, or living, um, sort of moving, uh, to developments on the edge of town. Actually, we're also seeing a, a real revival in city centre living. So one of the biggest, um, swings we've seen is in Liverpool. The city centre population has grown from around 9,000 in 2002 to, um, 25,000 in, um, 2015. So that's, that's a huge growth. And obviously that puts a lot of pressure on demand for land and makes us really think, how do we make, how can we, create cities that work for much bigger populations. And that presumably puts pressure on what's left or what's there in in, in green space in cities. You can imagine why it's an issue in terms of just living a nice life because, you know, we all like to see a bit of green, he says a bit flippantly. But is it, I mean... Is it an issue environmentally as well? I mean, absolutely. Um, you know, we've we've heard a lot um, in the news recently with lots of people becoming increasingly concerned um, around climate change. Equally, um, there's growing awareness of the dangers of pollutions in cities, and you know we've seen lots of changes um, with the in London with the introduction of things like the ultra low emission zone. Um, so it's it's about thinking how we can mitigate some of those challenges, um, and definitely sort of the green infrastructure of a city has a huge role to play. So what we all need to do is pay very close attention 
to Andrew Duff and his garden. So, Andrew, let's talk about this. This is the Savills and David Harbour garden. David Harbour's the sculptor. Sculptor, yes. Uh, so, the Savills and David are working together and you're uh, uh, sort of sponsoring it and you're designing it. Tell us what you can at this stage uh, about the garden and, and your thinking behind it. Well, it's quite a simple concept, Guy. It's, um, we can all imagine walking through a woodland um, and that wonderful green space and we may not realize actually how much it's giving to us physically and mentally um, and then you stumble upon a clearing and the light changes the lights dappling you know through the leaves and it's rather a beautiful moment and that's what we're capturing at Chelsea. Wow it just sounds amazing. Sounds I hope lovely. so yes. But I, I sort of wonder whether the the space that you have at Chelsea which is I mean you know it's big for Chelsea but it's still a small space it, it, in a way that's Perfect, a perfect illustration of sort of urban greenery, isn't it? You're trying to get a lot of stuff into a relatively small space. Yes, it's going to be very, very green, very verdant. Um, but what we're trying to show people is that even though it's a small space, you can still have big trees. Um, it's surrounded by a green wall, which has got grasses and ferns in and things, a huge sheet of water, um, and then lots of natural and native planting and meadow. Um, so it's going to be a really relaxed space. Um, but one of the main things we're trying to communicate in an urban space is that all these plants can also work for their money. So we've got the trees in particular are um, trees that we've chosen that absorb 33% more pollution than, than other trees. And what um, are they? So we've got Carpinus, and we've got Ulnus, and we've got some Aces. So they're native. I'm very glad I asked. To the UK. I'm really glad I remembered. Um, and um, um, so they're doing a really powerful job of cleaning the air in this garden. Um, and then the green wall is also doing the same thing with all the ferns and the sedges. Um, so environmentally, it's doing a very powerful thing. What's a green... I mean, it's maybe a stupid question. I'm not sure. What's a green wall? No, it's not stupid at all. Um, so rather than just having a climber up the wall, um, we've got, if you like, a felt pocket system. Um, and that's filled with plants. So the vertical part of the garden, which in an urban space can be huge sometimes, um, we've planted. So that really helps maximise the free space that you've got, got to use. And mm. um, when you, if you try to translate that to Joe Bloggs, me or someone, are you imagining how we could use your techniques and your planting in our own gardens, in our terraced houses, in sort of in a suburban London, Birmingham, Liverpool, wherever? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the, the main things with people um, increasingly living in the city is that Certainly spaces are smaller, but there's sort of a control aspect and we're kind of being told that everything needs to be clipped and maintained within an inch of its life. And it's, it's just not so. So this garden um, is growing and it's wild and it's free. You know, it's not cut lawn, it's meadow. Um, so you can actually sit down and, and relax. And we're trying to communicate that you don't need to be scared of a plant. It's supposed to grow. It doesn't need to be clipped all the time. Um, so just a little bit of your own time in this space, rather than it become a pressure and a burden. Mm. Sounds lovely. I want to have to have a little lie down and listen to some bird song or something like that. Yes, I along. tried to have a nap in it this morning, but it didn't work. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, because we're over on planting, you know. <laughs> but the bird song's an interesting thing, actually, because there's a blackbird trying to nest. Um, there's a couple of robins and a thrush in there already, which was just amazing. Really? Yeah. That's it. incredible. How long has it, so how long has the, has the sort of structure been there for them to do that? We're on day eight. So the trees went in on day two. So they've been there six days. 
Nina, you, as, as I said earlier, you know, you, you, you know everything about every development, big development that's going on in, in, in London at the moment. I try. <laughs> so, I mean, you see, it, I, I suppose sort of playing devil's advocate, you're listening to Andrew, you, 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 I can see it in my garden or somebody else's garden, but in a new development where a lot of them are, you know, 10 stories of flats and things with a yeah. bit of a square in the middle. Does it really relate? Or, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we see green roofs on all of our new developments. We see, you know, little pockets of green spaces where people can sit and they can, you know, have have a drink together and, you know, socialise with each other. We see, um, you know, rain gardens, trees, you know, lots of people really care about their green spaces now in developments. And, and it helps it helps sell them, actually. You know, people want to know what the open spaces and schemes are like and that it's not just a piece of concrete slab is that right it really mm. it really does make a difference yeah it really does it's a selling point you know it, it's it's that it's the, the the well-being side of things is very popular at the moment you know mental health pollution you know people really care about the areas of london that, that are you know that, that that are polluted or not polluted you know people are really paying attention to that so um that they care about you know their green spaces and is there, is there a risk that it's sort of tokenism that you get, you know, you get a few trees in the middle that, oh, look, everyone, we've got a green space. But actually, it's only a little bit. Well, I think that the developers get a landscaper in quite early in the process. So, you know, things like models, CGIs, you know, they have to kind of adhere to what they're they, they're going to do. They have to actually put in what they've said. So I don't really think it's tokenism. They, you know, they actually have to put these things in now. Yeah. And there's potential. Um, so we've got the new, um, well, the draft London plan, which is currently mm. being examined at the moment. And one of the requirements in that is that major developers, developments should contribute to increasing green cover. So it's not a case of just even just keeping it the same. They should be actually, there's now policy, potential policy requirements that they're going to have to incorporate these elements in their schemes. Yes. And we're seeing that same, um, uh, something just passed in New York in April, which is any new building must either have solar panels, wind turbine or a green roof. So it's, you know, it's really starting to become ingrained in mm. the requirements for developers. It's not just sort of pandering yeah. or tokenism. No, definitely. And, in, you know, in their in their um, planning applications, you know, their urban green measures will go a long way to helping them get their, their planning permission. So it's really important. So yeah. in, terms of, in terms of sustainability, we're kind of spot on at the moment, really. And that's what the garden will tell people. But the other issue is that the UK is slightly behind it in is, um, you know, we're talking about mental health and, and well-being and things like that. But in countries like Japan, um, you know, it's it's been around for hundreds of years. That's what gardens and green spaces were for. So we are behind. Um, they have something called forest bathing, which people are talking about at the moment, where if you go to your doctor and, it's, um, and you're diagnosed with a mental health issue, um, they you spend 45 minutes in a designated forest um, and they've proven that that reduces medication for mental health by 46% just by being in a green space. Really? Yeah, yeah. which is it, it's fantastic. I think we probably all know that around this table. But Well, we probably do, but it, I, there's a bit of me that thinks, you know, the, the, we are talking about two things here, aren't we? As you say, we're, we're talking about healthier, mentally and physically healthier lifestyles, but we're also talking about uh, sustainability and global warming and things like that. It's probably easier to measure the global warming stuff. <laughs> says, yeah. The risk of being overly simplistic yeah. than it is to measure the, the, the mental and physical well-being stuff, isn't it? I mean, you know, Emily, there are numbers about, you know, if you have trees, it reduces the, you know, the surface temperature by a lot compared yeah. to concrete and grass mm -hmm. and all that sort of stuff, aren't there? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So, um, there's a great example of, um, a building, um, in Turin where they've, um, sort of enclosed it in a, a 
it's an old car factory and they've enclosed it in a sort of cage of trees and vines and creepers and they think that that's absorbing, you know, around uh, 200,000 litres of CO2 every hour. So that, in that case, wow. is really easy to measure. Mm. Um, but equally, we can start to sort of see how it's becoming a priority for consumers because perhaps not, it's not you can't sort of measure those mental health or well-being effects, but you can see what buyers' priorities are. And that's, that's all, that when they're buying a, yeah. a property, that's part of what they're thinking about. They're thinking about the lifestyle, they're thinking yeah. about what it's going to bring to them. Buyers would much prefer to look over the garden than they would over the railway or the road, you know, and, and they command higher values for those flats. So it's, it's, it's common sense. Absolutely, yeah. A, a lot higher? Between 10 and 15%, I would say. Television centre, for example, the park view is always more popular than the inside courtyard view. Just, yeah. It's just, you know, more popular and people want to look over in a nice garden of a morning. Andrew, if, if you had to come up with, I don't know, two top tips for greening your environment, well, maybe if, for, or for a developer or for, for someone like yeah, me or anybody else, two top tips for, for doing things which will, which will make us feel better about our space, make, improve our mental well-being, what would well, they be? Firstly, we've got to be much braver about using trees. Um, we've kind of over the years been put off using them don't plant them too close to the house which is absolutely right but there are so many trees we can use smaller trees and so they're giving us an overhead canopy so they're reducing the temperature they're absorbing pollution i mean the trees are the answer without sounding too too hippie um and then the other thing um my mantra at the moment is is this idea of actually just relaxing in the space um so you know they are extensions of the home um, and, you know, they were doing this in, in California in the 50s. So it's not a new thing at all. But, you know, where real estate is really valuable, you know, use that space. Um, but it doesn't have to be a, a, a drain on the resources to maintain them, really. Can I say uh, very best of luck with the garden? Thank you. Uh, what are you aiming for? Are you obviously aiming for, for, is it a gold medal, the top one? I know we don't talk about medals. Oh, don't we? <laughs> no, no, no. The important thing is the garden and people enjoying it at the moment. And, and to be honest, it's such a tremendous team. Um, it's a really wonderful atmosphere. So we, we don't talk about medals, Guy. Okay. I, I, I stand corrected. Last thing we have to do, everybody, is the Savile Standout Statistic. Because we can talk about all oh, garden and well, mental health and this lovely stuff and birdsong and everything. But you've got to have a Savile Standout Statistic. So... Who wants to go? Emily, you're an old hand, so we'll let you go first. What's your, in this sort of area, what is your Savile standout statistic? Um, the rate of urban population growth is, um, so, is such that by, uh, 2036, um, we're projected to have 78% of the UK population living in major cities or towns. Okay. Well, we'll just have to get used to it. Nina, why don't we have one from you? So Savile's this year will be launching their first carbon neutral scheme in East London. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, we should look forward to hearing more about that. Yep. And Andrew, what's your Savile? Can you give us a Savile standout statistic, which is sort of related to your Chelsea garden, perhaps? Yes, I think there's a there's a big misconception with um, how easy it is to do a show garden. And it's not just the designer, of course. We have 34 men and women on site over three weeks which is a lot of time um, to produce our marvellous space. And that is the end of this episode of Real Estate Insights. I hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you all very much for being here. I hope it's been worth your time. Uh, If all that's done is get you thinking and you want to find out more, you could do worse than to head to the research section of the Savills website, savills.co.uk slash research. And if you aren't already a subscriber to Real Estate Insights, then please feel free to become one using your usual podcast provider. You can also go backwards to podcasts from the past, all sorts of things from why forestry might be a good bet as long as you don't
don't mind waiting a while, to why there's light at the end of the house-building shortage tunnel. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening. See you next time. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. Savills accepts no liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect or consequential loss arising from the use of, reference to or reliance on this podcast or its content. Savills makes no warranty as to the accuracy of the information in this podcast. This podcast and all copyright in this podcast is the property of Savills and it shall not be used, reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without Savills' prior written consent.